Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, join Gabriel and his food hero guests on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So. Welcome to The Dinner Special. I'm Gabriel So, and I am so psyched to have Cindy Ensley of Hungry Girl Por Vida on the show today. Cindy is many things. A home cook, a baker, an avid doodler, and new mom. And on Hungry Girl Por Vida, she shares all the things that she loves with her readers. Her work has also been featured in magazines all over the world. Thank you so much for joining me today, Cindy. Yeah, of course. Now, your blog, Hungry Girl Por Vida, what drew you to starting a blog about all the things you love? Well, I was in college when I started reading food blogs and I graduated and spent a year actually working the same job that I was at during college and kind of just being bored and uninspired and I thought maybe I should brush up my cooking skills. I was engaged and going to get married in a couple of years from then. So I just decided to kind of document it and see where it went and started out really small and kind of casual with a point and shoot and has grown from there. And that started in like 2008. So it's been a while. Right. Now you write about beauty crafts a little bit. And I think I also saw a post from a while back where you were making puppy treats, but mostly you write about food. Where did your passion for food come from? I come from a family of home cooks. And actually my aunt and my mom have a catering business. So Food's kind of central in our family gatherings. So I just grew up around it and have always loved to eat. So, you know, cooking kind of goes hand in hand with that. Right. And were you always helping in the kitchen and were you always involved with the cooking or were you more of an observer growing up? I was more an observer. It was kind of like, you know, I was too slow, not skilled enough to be helping very much. So I just kind of observed and went from there. You mentioned that your family has a catering business. Were they sort of the ones who inspired you to sort of get into cooking? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they don't do as much home cooking now that, you know, I'm older and my cousins and my brother are all older and none of us are at home anymore. So what inspired me to start cooking for myself was because I had to. But I mean, seeing them in the kitchen, and I used to help with some of the dinners that they would put on, and I always thought it was super fun, and my aunt would let me decorate the dessert plates, which I thought was, like, the coolest thing ever. So, you know, I think just being around it definitely inspired me. Right, and do you ever get a chance to cook for your extended family? Not for my extended family so much. It's just, you know, hard to all get together, but for Christmas this year, my parents were here, and my brother and his kids and stuff, so... I got to cook for them and I cook for my in-laws and a lot less now that I have an infant at home, but you know, I still do enjoy it. You say that cooking for you is where practical meets the creative and pretty. Do you always try to keep these principles and things in mind when you're cooking? I do because personally, I like to eat things that are very visually appealing So, I mean, even if it's as simple as like scattering some fresh herbs across a dish at dinner with just me and my husband, I'll do that because I feel like it's more enticing and it feels a little more special. And obviously cooking is a very basic practical skill to have. So I like that you can get as creative as you want to be and also make something that looks nice. Have you ever made something that was a creative dish and it looked delicious, but just didn't taste good? 
Yeah, all the time. It happens a lot. I don't broadcast that many of my fails just because usually I get pretty upset about it and trash them or die in the back of the refrigerator. So yeah, it happens all the time. Now, you're a new mom. Have you found that what you cook today is different than what you cooked before becoming a mother? Some of it is different. I used to like to spend, you know, like a weekend day on an ambitious project or something, or even just cooking something that takes a lot of prep and stuff. And now, you know, I kind of try to get things done as quickly as possible, just because, you know, my son is almost six months old, and he needs a lot of attention. And I like to spend a lot of time with him. So the easier, the better, but I still try to make the effort because I enjoy it. So for sure. Now, as a new parent, what types of dishes have you found to be the quickest and easiest and still delicious. I'm really into bowls. So like a burrito bowl or I'm half Korean. So we do a lot of bibimbap riffs at my house. And those are easy because I can have things kind of pre-prepped for anything like that, you know, rice or quinoa or whatever. And then whatever protein we want and then, you know, add fresh vegetables or whatever we have on hand. And there's not much cooking with bibimbap, right? Like, I mean, if you wanted to do like a savory meat part, then you could add that. But I mean, you could basically just have vegetables and some rice, right? Right. And usually we almost always do an egg with a runny yolk on top, just because what's not great about that. Of course. Now, do you have any shortcuts or tips for new parents that are trying to sort of get back into the kitchen and sort of get back into cooking? I think it's an obvious one, but really like they say to sleep when your baby sleeps, but that's like nearly impossible. (laughs) So I think... Personally, I can't fall asleep if I have like a million things running through my mind. So kind of get like what you can done. I think that having like a base grain ready to go in the refrigerator is a great thing. I've been, you know, cooking quinoa or rice or whatever in batches and kind of keeping them in the refrigerator. And also proteins like chicken breast or even like a roasted chicken and breaking that down and having that ready to go for the week is really nice and a great time saver. Right. I guess it just takes a bit more preparation because cooking like pasta or like rice when your child is awake, you can pretty much leave it to itself. But I mean, it does take a long time for it to sort of happen. So having it in the fridge is really convenient. We can just throw things together, right? Right. And like we're trying to right now implement like a schedule with our son Casper. So we want bath time to happen at a certain time, but we also want to have dinner. And also now I'm starting to feed him solids. So there's that whole, it's like a juggling act. And we're just trying to like keep on a schedule because it seems to work better for him, his moods and his naps and sleep is a lot better if we can maintain that. So having things ready to go is key. And we don't want to resort to takeout all the time. So it's nice. Awesome. Well, here at the dinner special, we talk with food heroes about a dinner dish that is special to them and how we can make it at home. Can you talk about a dinner dish that is special to you? And why is it special? And maybe the story behind the dish? I'm going to go back to bibimbap because It's special to me because I am half Korean. I was born near Seoul. We only lived there for like two years and then we moved to the United States. But my mom is Korean. So when I was a kid, she had like this little fold out table that was low to the ground and she bought it at an Asian market. And it's like the way a Korean family would probably eat dinner is sitting at this low table on the floor. And my brother and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. So we would do a lot of bibimbap and stuff at that table growing up. And now I do it at my regular table. But 
my husband and, you know, hopefully I can share that with my son later. So that's kind of the story behind why it's special to me. And I feel like you can use pretty much any protein and any vegetable and the key elements are the rice and then I think the gochujang sauce. I think it's not bibimbap unless it has gochujang, basically. And that's the spicy condiment. Right. It's spicy. It's sweet. It's a little bit funky because it's fermented. I describe it like kind of a spicy, sweet miso. And is the kimchi mandatory or on the side? It's not mandatory. If we have it, that's like bonus, you know, and I would prefer to have it. But if we don't have it, we always have gochujang in the fridge. So we're good to go. Perfect. Now, if you could invite any three famous people over for your bibimbap, who would they be? I kind of am obsessed with Nigella Lawson. And I feel like she would appreciate anything that anyone made for her. And I like that idea. And she loves a runny egg too. Right. And probably all food people. I mean, I love the Pioneer Woman. I don't know if she'd be into bibimbap, but I would love to introduce it to her. And I don't know. Okay, well, two out of three is still very good and still can add to your dinner party. (laughs) Now, let's say that you were to do dinner and a movie with your bibimbap. What movie would you pair with this dish? It probably doesn't make sense, but it's like my favorite movie to watch during the winter. And I love to eat on the couch (laughs) if I can get away with it. So Love Actually is like one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies. So that's probably what I would watch. Okay, we'll go with that. Now, as a parent, a lot of the times we don't cook for pleasure or joy anymore. Cooking is more of a routine and more of a chore, as you were mentioning earlier. For people where cooking is more of a chore, how can we make it more fun? I think some days you just have to get dinner on the table. So it's more about like what recipes you have in your arsenal. But if you can throw something new in there every week, maybe, or even every couple of weeks, I think that makes it fun or use a new ingredient. Like a couple of years ago, my husband and I, weren't really big fans of fennel. So we started implementing it into our meals and now we love it. So I think that that's trying a new ingredient, trying a new recipe, but not going overboard and trying to do it every night of the week because I think that gets daunting. Right. And it kind of adds to your stress as opposed to sort of relieves it. Totally. No, And I think that adding a new ingredient is a really great idea because I mean, for fennel, for example, I mean, you can just add some roasted fennel into your bibimbap if you wanted. And that just makes things different and new. Exactly. So and even like shaved raw fennel in the summer with bibimbap or some sort of salad would be great, too. I think there's lots of different ways you can use ingredients and Just trying them out a couple different ways, I think, is also key. Learning to love them. Oh, for sure. And new ingredients definitely sort of break up the routine. Because when I go to the grocery store, I'll buy like the exact same vegetables and the exact same fruits like almost every single time. Right. We do too. I mean, there's so much broccoli happening in this house. I'm like, we need to just switch it up. Right. Now, I call the next part of the dinner special podcast, The Pressure Cooker. I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that we want to know your answers to. Are you up for it? Yes. Number one, which food shows or cooking shows do you watch? So lately I've been watching The Taste and MasterChef Junior. Awesome. Number two, what are some food blogs or websites we have to know about? I really love Food 52 and there are probably too many blogs to even name that I love, so... 
Well, I have a really close friend, Megan, from Take a Megabyte, so I would mention her. I know her in person as well as through her blog, so she's a pretty cool gal, and so I always think of her. Awesome. Number three, who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, or Twitter that make you happy? One of my favorite, other favorite blogs is Half-Baked Harvest, and I follow her on all three. Her name's Tegan, and I love her blog because her recipes are so creative, and they're totally not things that I would do on a normal basis, but I find it inspiring. Great. Number four, what is something all home cooks should have in their pantry? I think a couple of different vinegars and oils along with the obvious like salt and pepper because you can do a lot of things with those two ingredients besides just make salad dressing right and they actually like vinegars and stuff like that really kick up sort of any meal really right like if you have a soup that tastes kind of dull those are great to add to kind of punch up the flavor number five name one ingredient you cannot live without I cannot live without eggs. (laughs) I think they're so versatile and in a pinch, they're a great source of protein, but they also are very transformative. You can bake with them. You can do so much. So definitely eggs. Number six, what are a few cookbooks that make your life better? Well, one of the cookbooks that I always turn to is Mad Hungry by Lucinda Scalaquin. I love that cookbook. I also really love Pancakes by Adriana Adarme, who writes a cozy kitchen blog. I refer to that pancake book often on the weekends. So what percentage of the pancakes have you attempted? Well, I make the chocolate chip ones a lot because my husband is like a chocolate fiend. And then the regular buttermilk ones. And then also the apple pie ones. I think they're called apple pie. Cool. Number seven, what song or album just makes you want to cook? Probably Cherry Bomb by Spoon. It's one of my favorite songs to like sing to, and my husband really likes it, so it's kind of a fun one to have on when we're cooking. Perfect. Well, congratulations, Cindy. You have officially survived the pressure cooker. Yay. (laughs) Now, thank you so much for being here on the Dinner Special Podcast, Cindy. You're all over social media. What's the best way for us to keep posted with what you're up to? Probably either... Instagram or Facebook. Those are the two that I use the most, but I definitely use Instagram the most for sure. Great. And people can obviously, of course, check you out on hungrygirlporvita.com. Now, before I let you go, I have one final question. What's next? I think just continuing with the blog, I'm trying to figure out how to juggle life with my little guy, but things are sort of evening out. So I'm going to try to implement a more regular posting schedule and maybe even add another day a week that I post a recipe. So hopefully that continues. And I have a couple of other ideas for non-recipe posts coming up in the future. And we'll see how those integrate into the website. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Cindy, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to thedinnerspecial.com for recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking.